Good morning. It is truly a good morning, a blessing to be here today. Be blessed. The phrase blessings, if any of you have received communication from me, I always put blessings and then my name. One day I was traveling in my mother-in-law's car, and as I was traveling in the car, the radio station was on to a local radio station, and I went along, and I was about to turn it off, and a song began that captured my attention. As I listened to the song, I said, I have to know where that came from, because it, it, it created a question in my mind that I would like to answer for you this morning. But before I do, I'd like to sing the song that created the question. Um, and Charlie, thank you so much. All right. blessings we pray for peace comfort for family protection while we sleep we pray for healing for prosperity we pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering and all the while you hear each spoken plea yet love us way too much to give us lesser things cause what if your blessing comes through raindrops what if your healing comes through tears what if a thousand sleepless nights is what it takes to know you're near and what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? We pray for wisdom, your voice to hear. And we cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness, we doubt your love, as if every promise from your word is not enough. And all the while, you hear each desperate plea, and long that we have faith to believe. Cause what if your blessing comes through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights is what it takes to know you're near? And what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? When friends betray us, 
when darkness seems to win, we know the pain reminds this heart that this is not, this is not our home. It's not our What if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights is what it takes to know you're near? What if my greatest disappointments and the aching of this life is a revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy And what if trials of this life Are your mercies in disguise That's a question I remember asking myself, how could a songwriter do that? Create that question had me longing to know, is it possible that what you and I call blessing may be or may not be? Today, I'd like to say be blessed. But as we look at this, I, I ask that you walk through this with me. Um, on a video, a Christian speaker said, life is only hard to those who are in some way living in transgression to the word of God. I challenge that. Um, and I would like to take some time challenging it this morning. How do you know when you've received a blessing? What determines whether something's a blessing or not? You know, it's, it's <laughs> how are you doing this week, Chuck? I'm blessed. I just received a pay raise. How are you feeling today, Chuck? I'm blessed. I had a great meal for lunch. How are you feeling today? I'm blessed. I'm going to visit my family for vacation. Yes? And oftentimes when we speak of blessings, we speak in that context. Yes? So today, I'd like to challenge our traditional understanding of what is a blessing. The first thing I would like to look at this morning is there are conditions for blessing. Uh, Theo, this could have come from Sabbath school. Um, it is, and so I, I saved the illustration I wanted to share at Sabbath school. I saved it for now, if you don't mind. Uh, first of all, we're gonna look at a few passages. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses one and two. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2, and we are going to go through several different verses. I'll put them up on the screen, not word for word, just uh, the Bible text, if you don't mind looking them up with me, if you are able. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2, the famous chapter on blessings and curses, and God says this. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, what I command you today, 
that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And notice the, the, the wording here in verse two. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So there is a promise here. Follow God's word and you will be blessed. Yes? Uh, let's look at our next verse. Psalms, Psalm 112. In the book of Psalms. Psalm 112. And the first three verses. The Bible says, praise the Lord. Actually, this is an exclamation point. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord or reveres the Lord or respects the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And then it says, the generation of the upright will be blessed. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. At this point, I am hoping that in your mind, you're starting to ask yourself a few questions, saying, I hear what he's saying. I'm reading these texts. I, I, something's not sitting with me right now. And I'm, I'm hoping that's happening, um, which means we're kind of interacting with the Word of God this morning. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Some of you know this by memory. And many churches, it's actually quoted every week when offering is taken. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And verse 12 says, and all nations will call you what? Blessed. All nations will call you blessed. What we're seeing here is cause and effect relationship. God gives counsel that is best suited for us. When we follow the counsel best suited for us, the results are the best that can be. Does that make sense? Yesterday, I had the privilege with my two oldest ones. We went planting seeds yesterday. It was exciting. We went to a, um, uh, what do you call it, agricultural store. That's not the word I was after. Thank you. And bought some uh, plants, uh, seeds, because we we're going to plant them, start from seed. And then we looked at the pots and I said I would like something cheaper and thankfully there was a place around that gives away nursery pots. You can talk to me later and I'll tell you where. And I was glad to get those. And then I bought some potting soil. That way I don't tear up the yard at our place. Put the potting soil in, put the fertilizer, put some more potting soil. 
And then we read the directions. Yes, it's, it's a good thing to do. And on the outside of the packet for tomatoes, one said, cover an eighth of an inch. The cucumber says to cover a half an inch. Some of you already knew this because you plant a lot, but it was good for me to read it. And so I cover with what it says. Let's just say, for sake of illustration, I want to make sure that seed is comfortable. And so instead of covering it with a quarter inch, I cover it with two inches. Will my seed grow? Most likely not. Because the instructions on the pack are what's best suited for optimal growth. Makes sense. The instructions in this book are what's best suited for your optimal growth. When we realize this is not a God saying, okay, do as I say and I'll give you some ice cream. That's not how God's operating. What's taking place is God's saying, I made you. I am the king of the universe. I know the foundation of how our world and universe works. Follow these and you will have blessing. Does that make sense? Now, um, when we think about blessings, typically what comes to mind is physical blessings, quite frankly. Um, why not, right? Uh, uh, every, every day when I get in my vehicle and I drive somewhere, the, before I go anywhere, I pray. Lord, keep me safe. Uh, we're living in a crazy world with crazy drivers. I might be one of them. <laughs> Please keep us safe. I'm asking for physical blessings, and I think that's a very common thing. There are a few questions I put on the screen. Who receives physical blessings? When are they not blessings? When are they lacking? And when are they received? Uh, fair enough. Let's look at these questions uh, one at a time. The reason I'm actually taking a little bit of time on physical blessings uh, is for this. In, in many Christian minds, I, I think of myself, the physical is probably the most important in many people's minds. And it's helpful to understand how God describes physical blessings and what's connected with them. Let's look at our first one. So who receives physical blessings? Do you mind turning with me to the book of Matthew? It's the next, next book over. You're in Malachi now. The next book over, Matthew chapter 5. And we are going to read the end of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We'll look at verse 44, starting with verse 44. Jesus is speaking here in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you. Wait a minute. Love your enemies, bless those who curse you. So God is asking you to give a blessing to someone who curses you. Is God going to ask you to do something that he doesn't do? Wait a minute. You mean God could pour out blessings on someone who curses him? Let's continue. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute. I'm convinced this is a totally another sermon, so I'm going to give it in like 15 seconds. If you follow verse 44, you would stand out, the world would know it, and Christianity would turn the world upside down. Okay, let's get back to verse 45. 
that you may be sons, and dare I say daughters, of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. God sends sunshine and rain to everybody. And by the way, sunshine and rain could be a blessing and a curse, yes? Uh, Oftentimes in the Bible, rain was a sign of blessing and sunshine was a sign of curse. It could be drought or something like that. But God sends blessing on all people and the bad things of life because we live in a sinful world, do fall on all people. Let's continue. Who receives? It's not complicated. Um, Everyone does. I want to emphasize something real quick here. The reason why you bless those who curse you, why you do good to those who hate you, why you pray for those who spitefully use you, is because you are the child of God. You act like him. You're part of his family. Now, we have a, uh, a saying in my family, and I'll share it with you. Whole trees don't curse. Oh, you got that? We don't. That's what a whole tree doesn't do. I was raised by a whole tree, and that whole tree didn't curse. And so I learned from him that whole trees don't curse. I've clarified that with my children. You're a whole tree. That's what you don't do. Does it make sense? But we are a child of God. And he blesses everyone. He does good to everyone. He is kind to everyone. And we're his children, so that's what we do. Yes? What a picture we see being played out here in Matthew chapter 5. All right. Let's look at this one. When are they not? So when are physical blessings not a blessing? When are physical blessings not a blessing? Do you mind turning with me to Old Testament prophet of Amos? Amos, uh, this should help you. Amos is uh, the book right before Micah and uh, right after Joel. Amos chapter 5, chapter 6. Amos chapter 6, verse 3, starting with verse 3. Woe to you who put far off the day of doom, who cause the seed of violence to come near, who lie on beds of ivory, stretch out on your couches, eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idly, to the sound of stringed instruments and invent for yourselves musical instruments like David who drink your wine from bowls. In other words, there's plenty of it. And anoint yourselves with the best ointments but are not aggrieved for the affliction of Joseph. What? Simply put, you have everything that you want and you don't feel any compassion for those who are under oppression. That's the context of Amos. He is writing during King Jeroboam II, the height of Israel, the northern kingdom of Israel's prosperity. They were very wealthy. Uh, All the other empires were going down, or they haven't come up yet, and so Israel just kind of filled the gap, and they became extremely wealthy. They took control of a lot of the, uh, the trade that was in that center part of Palestine. But in the process, Those who were very wealthy were not taking care of those who were poor. That is a time when a blessing is not a blessing. 
There was a physical blessing of lots of finances, but was it really a blessing? It actually ended up being a detriment to the character of those who were involved. Um, there's another passage, and uh, I'm going to just quote the story. I think you may be aware of it. It's found in Genesis 13, if you're, if you're looking up a passage. Genesis 13, and I'm looking at um, that whole chapter. Abraham and Lot are together. And as they're standing together, it's obvious that the land can't handle the two of them together. They have so much blessings. There's so much um, cattle and sheep and goats. They can't live in the same place. And so Abraham, the gracious senior, says, Lot, what would you like? If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, i go to the right. What is your choice, Lot? And the Bible record tells us that Lot looked up and saw that the, the land by Sodom and Gomorrah was like the land of Eden almost. And he said, I want to go there. That's where I want to be. So he took what was the most beautiful area, which was a blessing, but the problem was it was close to Sodom, and Sodom was extremely wicked. What was a blessing actually wasn't a blessing because of temptation. So when blessings lead to oppression, they're no longer blessings. When blessings lead to temptation, they're no longer blessings. And the last one I'd like to point on is Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, God is speaking to the final church of the seven churches, the church of Laodicea, the time that you and I are living in today. Revelation chapter 3, it says, Jesus says to the church of Laodicea, verse 17, because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and I just want to focus on this next one, and have need of what? Nothing. Nothing. You know what that means? There's no, you've got every physical blessing in the world. I don't need anything. And do not know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. He said, you have everything, and you don't know what you really are. Sometimes physical blindness can lead, no, excuse me, uh, physical blessings can lead to blindness. Can lead to oppression, can lead to temptation, but it can sometimes lead to blindness. Beware of this. This happens for all of us, and I'm going to speak in a broad sense. Here in North America, it's very easy for us to get into this. Um, in North America, we sometimes say, wow, those people are rich and these people aren't rich, but if you lived in other parts of the world, you would just say Americans are rich, right? And so we have to be careful as uh, people living in North America that we do not have something that blinds us from seeing who we are and the needs of others. Blindness comes, and here's how it happens. I get a lot of blessings, physical blessings, and I'm staring at my physical blessings. I'm looking at this beautiful orchid, yes? And if I keep staring at it and focusing on this, I ignoring everything else around me, that's a dangerous place for me to be at. And it's easy for us to go that way sometimes, to look at all the good things and forget about who we are. So those are three dangers, I believe, uh, when physical blessings are not a blessing. This next one, I think you know what story we'll be looking at. There are times when uh, physical blessings are lacking. 
Is that a sign of God's condemnation? I'm going to repeat this because it's a very important thought. Is a lack of physical blessings a sign of God's condemnation? If you do not have physical blessings, does that mean that God is displeased with you? I'm glad to hear a no. Um, remember Job. This is interesting. Job, Job chapter 1. Just going to look at something very quick while you're turning there. Job 1 and Job 2. We're looking at two different times. The first one is what God says about Job when he has everything. The second verse is what God says about Job when he has nothing. Okay? Job chapter 1, verse 3. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Then verse eight, describing this time. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So here it is. Job, when he has everything, God says he's upright. Yes? God speaks and says, he's my servant. He's fantastic. Now, something happens. You can read this story, 13 on in chapter one. Job loses everything. Job loses everything. And then notice what God says about Job in verse three of chapter two. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth? What? A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? God hasn't changed his description of Job, even though Job has gone from being super wealthy to being very poor. Things have not changed. I find that fascinating. See, God doesn't make his judgment of character based upon what you have or don't have. God's not looking at your possessions to know your greatness. God is looking at your heart to know your greatness. The problem is, I've met a lot of Christians who think that physical blessings equal God's favor. You've heard it. Man, God must be mad at me. I got a flat tire. I was late on my bills. Whatever it may be, right? Or the opposite side. Oh, God is blessing me. Man, you know how much I've got right now? And see, we, we struggle with it because we sometimes, and I'll speak for myself, sometimes we connect physical blessings or a lack thereof with a, a determiner of what our relationship with God is, and, which is not true. Our relationship with God is not based but what we have and don't have, and in specific, it doesn't show how God feels about us. If you're struggling this morning, physically, doesn't mean God doesn't love you. In fact, it may mean that God's looking in heaven, he's saying, you know what, that brother, that sister, man, have you seen them? There's none like them. But on planet Earth, we look and say, whew, glad I'm not them. 
And God's saying, you wish you were like them. Because God's not looking at outward. God is looking at inward. You know, I can think of another person. Remember uh, Joseph sold into slavery? Genesis chapter 39, just the first couple of verses in Genesis chapter 39. Joseph is sold into slavery. And you know what it says? And the Lord was with Joseph. And I say, <laughs> yeah, he's in slavery. How did that happen? Because sometimes things take place and God is still with you in the midst of your trial and blesses you in the midst of it. You know, not too much later in Genesis uh, chapter 39, verse 21, Joseph is now a prisoner for something he didn't do. And you know what it says? And the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord is with Joseph. I, I get excited when I think about it because God doesn't operate the way we do. Was being in prison a blessing for Joseph? You don't know how to answer that one, right? Was being a slave a blessing to Joseph? Yes. Because God orchestrated the events of Joseph's life to make freedom for an entire nation. We have a question. The Pharisees believed that if something bad happened to you, you were under the stroke or the finger of God. Were the Pharisees right? Well, let's make sure we remember that. Yes? I'd like to look at our next one. So when do you get these physical blessings? When are they received? And remember, we're just doing some notes of physical blessings, then we're going to go back to what I believe is kind of the heart of what we're looking at this morning. When do we receive physical blessings? Yeah, of course. The mercies of the Lord were not consumed. Am I right? But a lot of our physical blessings are, really aren't made for this world. Matthew chapter 5. Did I say Matthew 5? I did. Okay, that's where it is. For some reason, I thought it was the wrong place. Matthew chapter 5, and starting with verse 10. Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 10. This is the end of the Beatitudes, the blessed R's. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the what? The kingdom of heaven. Where is that? That's in heaven. That's not now. It's obvious that there's persecution taking place now, and God looks at those who are being persecuted and says, blessed are you. We don't say that today. If we see a person being persecuted, we say, ooh, I feel so bad for them. We need to pray for them. Get them out of that place where God says, blessed are you. You know, there are Christian brothers and sisters around the world today as we sit here in the freedom of the United States who are persecuted for being Christian. There are people right now who may be tortured today because they're Christian. And God looks and says, Blessed are you. Oh, he doesn't say it frivolously, not our God. He recognizes that those who walk in his footsteps sometimes have the greatest blessing. Blessed are you 
when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake, we should remember that with our brothers and sisters in church. If anyone reviles you, says you did something wrong, it doesn't happen here at Cape Cod. Praise God, we have a friendly church. But there's a possibility you might meet a person here and then who does some reviling, am I right? When they do, Blessed are you. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted you the prophets who were before you. This is a part that we kind of work through. I don't quite get it, but God says rejoice. Rejoice when you receive persecution. Why? Because it's a blessing. There's some of you in here who wish you had the physical blessings now. Don't raise your hand. Some of it may be health. Some of it may be wealth. Some of it may be something else. Please know that somehow that I don't understand fully as a human being, God looks at you and says, I'm watching you and I'm blessing you. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, we call it the faith chapter. In Hebrews 11, in the faith chapter, there is just some really neat stories that are recounted. If you ever would like to have a great chapter to memorize, I suggest memorizing Hebrews chapter 11. I know it's long. It's 40 verses. Uh, probably just saying that right now. Some of you said never. But you should try it. Because as you go through it, it lists the history starting with creation and going through to the very end of time. There in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 38, it says, of whom, uh, actually, let's start with verse 37. Speaking of some of God's people, they were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. And then verse 38 of whom the world was not worthy. Every time I quote this, I get excited. Here's why. Because God looks at the people who are being persecuted on this planet for his sake and says, the world's not worthy of them. You know what that means? The world doesn't deserve you. You're too good for the world. What a, what a thought. And then it says, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in caves and dens, dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Can you imagine being in that situation? You are running, destitute, afflicted, tormented. You are hiding for your very life. People come searching for you right now at the elementary school reading this cool book, at least I think so. It's called My Escape from the Alta de Fe. And it's uh, about a Spanish nobleman who is fleeing the Spanish Inquisition. Can you imagine being killed for your faith and, and not seeing any light at the end of the tunnel? That's what's being described here. It says, these receive not the promise. And then verse 40, God having provided some better thing for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Or if you're the King James, that they without us should not be made perfect. What a picture. God said all of us together are going to receive 
this specialness of being with God for the first time. When does it happen? Oftentimes, physical blessings are something we look forward to, and the Bible calls it the blessed hope. The blessed hope. All right, so these are four questions we looked at. I'd like to look at probably the most important part, not the longest part, but the most important part of what we are looking at today. What is the purpose of blessings? Three things I put up here. To be a blessing, to draw us closer to God, and then uh, that last one is not a purpose of blessing, but it's a, a topic we were going to discuss, and that's blessings that don't feel like blessings. All right. Our first one, to be a blessing. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God calls Abraham out from, Abram out from among his kindred and says, I am going to bless you, and you will be a blessing. That was God's call. Abraham, and then Isaac, and then Jacob all received the same exact call. Then God gives it to the children of Israel. They're called to be a nation of priests. We looked at in our Sabbath school lesson this morning. They are called to be a blessing to the world. That is what God's purpose was. God blesses them so that they can be a blessing. What you receive, the purpose for you receiving it is so that you can be a blessing to someone else. Wait a minute. What if it's something bad? What if something bad happens to you? Are you ready? It's for the purpose of being a blessing to somebody else. Now, when I say that, I'm, I'm nervous saying this because this doesn't make sense to our thinking today. But the things that happen to you can be turned into a blessing for someone else. There's another reason, and uh, I appreciate the scripture reading. Thank you, Noah. Psalms chapter 32. Psalms chapter 32, starting with verse 1. Psalm 32, verse 1. The other blessing, what God calls a blessing, is when it draws us closer to God. The first one here is being forgiven from sin. Psalms chapter 32, starting with verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. What's the next word? Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. God says you're blessed if your iniquity is forgiven. That's good news. So just to see if you got it, who here is blessed this morning? Blessed is he whose iniquity is forgiven, whose transgression is covered. Raise your hand by God's grace. Right? You see what I'm saying? I'm not telling you to raise your hand. I'm, I'm trying to, sorry. That's a bad thing to say when you're up front. I apologize. But we are blessed by grace. Our transgressions, I've given my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. I can say my hand, I'm blessed. No matter what's happened in my life today, I'm blessed. Amen? Something else, uh, Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 and verse 26. Acts 3, 26. There we go.
In this sermon, Peter is finishing up. This is the last, the last um, verse of his sermon, the last sentence of his sermon. He says this. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to do something. What was it? He sent him to bless you. When it explains, in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. It's a blessing that Jesus Christ has come to turn Chuck Holtree away from his iniquity. And put your name in there. Um, man, I shared portions of my testimony. I'm not going to go into all of them, but I want to just share a line or two. I was an angry kid. I ran away from home many times. I hated one of my parents. That was my experience. And I can tell you living like that is not a blessing. But Jesus Christ spoke to me. He came to me. He offered me freedom. And when I said, Lord, take it, something happened, and I can say I received a blessing. And that blessing was my transgression was covered. My iniquity was forgiven, and God gave me a new heart. That's awesome. Because the former life wasn't fun in any way, shape, or form. Blessed are those. Now, there are some times uh, when blessings don't feel like that. I don't know if you've ever seen this picture before. It's fantastic. I don't, uh, the lighting may be a little difficult, but it's a picture of Jesus at the top of the cross. He's struggling. You see him falling. And who is the man coming in to pick up the cross? You see Simon. You see him looking up. Sometimes blessings don't feel like it. Psalms 94 and verse 12. Psalm 94, verse 12. And we have just a few verses as we close out. And we have another song that I'd like to share with you this afternoon. I will not be sharing it, which I'm thankful that someone here is willing to sing it for us. Psalms. Psalm 94 and verse 12. Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law. Someone here have the King James Version? Could you read verse 12? That's right. Blessed is the man whom you instruct, O Lord. That's the New King James Version. It's excellent. Does someone have the older King James Version? Oh, see, that's the word I was after. Blessed is the man whom thou chasteneth. Now, see, I don't like that one. I like the instruct one. I felt a little bit better with that. Chasteneth. Um, there are some times when God chastens. Am I right? He chastens as a loving father but he chastens. Uh, and it says it's a blessing to be chastened. Um, beautiful. Uh, does God chasten you? You're, you're, yeah, that's right. What's it feel like? Does God ever step on your toes? 
If he's not stepping on your toes, <laughs> I suggest you talk to him a little bit. Because he will. I know he steps on my toes on a regular basis. But that chastening is a blessing, is what the Bible is saying here. And then the last two verses, let's turn to the book of James. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And we'll start with verse 2. We're going to look at a passage that we saw a little bit in Matthew 5. James is repeating it. Uh, just a little, a little challenge, interesting for those of you who like Bible study, take some time and compare the book of James with the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I, I think James took a lot of his inspiration from the Sermon on the Mount. It's just a very, very unique fit. They connect together beautifully so. And this is one of those places. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you receive a pay raise. When you fall into what? Various trials or diverse temptations, right? Knowing that the testing or trying of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Wow. Count it all joy when difficult things happen. Here's why. Because they're a blessing. God, I want a blessing. A blessing in God's eyes is not the object itself, but what it produces. A blessing in the eyes of God is not the circumstances itself, but what that circumstance produces. A blessing in God's eyes is not the trial, but what the trial produces. See, God is looking that you and I would be drawn closer to him. That's his goal. And if something difficult happens in your life that brings that about, that is a blessing. That definition's a little broad. It's not one that I always like, but it is true. James chapter one, verse 12. James 1, verse 12, blessed is the man or woman who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed. Blessings come from the endurance of difficult things. Okay. Do you mind recapping briefly? And then there's a, a song I'd like to um, have shared with you that really touched my life, and I'll explain more, a little bit more when we get to it. First of all, there are conditions to blessings, yes? The conditions to blessings is do what God asks you to do. And when you do that, he will be with you. That doesn't necessarily mean you have physical blessings, though. Am I right? When we looked at physical blessings, we found out there's a couple things. Um, who is supposed to receive blessings? Everybody. That's right. And we also learned the fact that um, physical blessings aren't a blessing if they're not surrendered. Isn't that right? 
Uh, something else we found out is that physical blessings, a lack of them is not a sign that God is against you. And the last one is sometimes physical blessings aren't for here. They're for heaven. They're not for here. They're for heaven. What is God's purpose and blessing? He blesses us so that we will be a blessing and he blesses us to draw us closer to him. A blessing could be a trial then. Yes? A blessing could be chastening from God. These all are blessings. Blessings are determined by what they accomplished, not what they are. We were sharing our testimonies at our school. This was at Amazing Facts, and for morning worships, each person would share their testimony. And when they shared their testimony, um, it was moving. I, I, I want to do that more here. If you ever would like to share your, no, that, that, that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> I like to come up and just say, could you be willing to share for a few minutes what God has done in your life? Because the reality is what God's done for you, no one else knows until you share it. And some, all of us, have a testament of what God has done to get us to where we're at. Well, this young lady is sharing. And as she was sharing her testimony, quite frankly, my stomach was moved. And I wanted to be angry. I wanted to yell. I wanted to scream. But why did that happen to her? Should have never happened. This shouldn't take place. She was crying as she finished. And then she sang a song. When you can't see his hand, God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. Maybe some of you today needed that call. Will you trust him? Will you let him have your life? He loves you very, very much. I, for one, want to recommit my life. Amen. Could you please bow your heads with me? Father, I praise you this morning that you are not like we are. Sometimes we're confused because of that. But because of that, we can trust you fully. Lord, take our hearts. Take our broken plans. Take our confused thoughts. And Father, we want to trust you. Take our hearts the best we can give them. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.